Today I'm here with Jennifer Sampu. Jennifer is an artist, designer, and teacher based in San Francisco. You've likely encountered her fabric over and over and can see more of her life, creativity, and all things fabric at jennifersampu.com. Jennifer, uh, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to talk today. I know that the circumstances for this recording are a little bit crazy. Yes, Roxanne. So, so hello. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Can I just give you a little uh, synopsis, a little uh, a painted visual with my words of what I'm doing right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm sitting in my car um, at the top of the Sierra Nevadas. Because we're in California, right? And it's burning up. We've had 2 million acres charred. And so we came up to our cabin and now the power is out from PG&E because they don't want more fires. So in order to even have this conversation with you, I am on my phone sitting in my car and there's a windstorm outside and it's kind of smoky. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah so that so triple triple thank you for still taking time <laughs> to talk because i mean 2020 is chaos period and i think right now california is chaos squared so i really appreciate it and i think you know that's kind of something i wanted to talk about a little bit is kind of still finding time to create in chaos you've been a part of the creative industry for a long time you've given a lot of talks you've been interviewed any number of times but i'm sure anyone would agree 2020 has turned everything upside down. So I just wondered if you could tell me like how the current climate of stay at home and social distancing has affected your creativity. So that is a, that's a great question. So what I've found in, since, since the pandemic hit, really it's since, since, well, we got really sick in January, both Todd and I, my husband, um, right after QuiltCon. And that's when the pandemic was kind of, a, it was, a, it was the murmuring of the pandemic. And now we are here in September and it is full blown. There's no question, a lot of death, a lot of sickness. And, you know, for the creativity part, it's just more information that I have and that I gather between the pandemic, now the fires in California, which is, you know, in its third year of a fire season, plus the environment. So all of these things I care deeply about. And I do a lot of research. I do a lot of reading. And 2020, now all of my values, my, my thoughts, and my processes are just binding together more. So when it comes to me being creative, it's from a really heavy kind of research and studying. And so that, yes, that includes color. Yes, that includes fabric. Yes, that includes art, but all of this is under the major umbrella of what's happening with us in life, you know, what's happening on this planet. So my creative is is just, it's, it's, it's off the charts and I expect it to continue as I become bolder with uh, my response to being a human in this world. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I wondered too, because, you know, as as many times as you and I have talked, um, I know that travel is one of your main sources of inspiration. And now that travel is kind of more or less off the table for everyone, how have your sources of inspiration kind of shifted? So that's really great. (laughs) We have been hunkering down, haven't we? Oh, I don't know if you listen to Leslie Jordan, but uh, he is a fabulous comic relief for me he's like hey hunker downers and uh, you know, he's very very funny he's a, he's a he's a public figure now so yes 
not traveling, but I've got so much inspiration from the, over the years that I have to say, hunkering down, there is a silver lining because you're not pulled to be doing anything but hunkering down. And thank God for social media. Thank God for the telephone and for Zoom. You know, yes, Zoom can be exhausting, but as long as you keep it in check, I have a lifetime of inspiration from travels. And you can also just travel out into your backyard. You know, travel doesn't have to be far and wide. Um, we can see a lot by just stepping out the door. Yeah, I've noticed that around here, like, you know, state park um, entrance is uh, like skyrocketed. So everybody's rediscovering your backyard. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and I know too, it's, it's both easier and harder kind of to keep in touch with people. And so like, how have you been keeping in touch with the creative community? So I love Instagram. It's my main source of communication with people in the quilt industry. Um, I love, um, so I do look at my DMs. I get a lot of DMs, um, direct messaging. And I love comments when I post something. And I also comment on a lot of other people's posts. And that is how our tribe kind of sticks together. And, you know, my kind of rule of thumb for social media is if it's inspiring you, then you're at a good point in your relationship with your social media. If you're feeling dragged down by it or you're comparing yourself to a bazillion other people, you'll never ever measure up. So as soon as that lip of social media starts to make you feel kind of crummy about yourself, happens to all of us, that's when you have to shut it off and you just go in and start doing your work, doing your creative work. Because, or I also have a very small bubble of two other women, best friends who live in my town, and we've created a COVID bubble from the get-go. That's all we do. We, we, you know, we just, we see each other multiple times a week and we make together. And that's really, really nice. So I, I hope people can find that in their families or a couple of close friends where you're all in it. Seriously, you're all literally in it together. <laughs> that is so true. You know, and speaking of creativity, that was something else I wanted to talk to you about a little bit. You know, and I've read many times that your creativity was nurtured from a very early age. But, you know, like not everybody is lucky enough to have grown up creating. So, like, what advice would you give to somebody out there who, you know, they're at home, they might want to make something, but they really don't feel that they're a creative person? So, I love that question of yours. I love that question because. Just because you didn't grow up in a creative household doesn't mean you can't be wildly creative. So that's, that's really a very true statement. And the other thing that um, I would advise someone who maybe has been told their whole life, art is for children, or you don't have a creative bone in your body, or you say that to yourself, like you just have to stop right there. Stop saying you're not creative because it is it is. It's an ingredient to being human. I mean, it's an ingredient to, frankly, animals are also creative. I'm going to share a very funny story I heard just the other day about a Sierra Nevada black bear. Black bears, as you know, they're like Yogi in a way. Yogi bear. They're stealing food <laughs> left and right in Yosemite Park, right? And so now everyone has to use these bear bins, and they're literally hard black plastic containers that screw up, and they're indestructible. Yet, 
the rangers have discovered that there is a bear who's been stealing all these bear boxes. And people are like, my bear box is gone. They've been camping. And they're like, a bear? I don't know where it went. We haven't seen it. And guess what? One day, a ranger's walking along the base of Yosemite, and he comes upon a pile of shattered black plastic. They discovered that this bear has been stealing the bear boxes under his arm, walking on three legs, he brings it to the cliff and he drops, <laughs> drops it off the cliff to shatter into a fantastic feast. So like if a bear can be creative, right? Like we all can be creative. And, you know, I say read Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Watch podcasts about creativity. Like don't resign yourself to like, forget it. It's all over. I'll never, ever be creative because that's hogwash. That's absolute hogwash. Number one, everyone's creative. We're born with it. It's an essential human ingredient. And number two, embrace that and educate yourself. How's that? That sound okay? Well, it does, <laughs> definitely. And I'm one of those people who's often guilty of feeling like I'm not all that creative. But um, yeah, so, well, and I know that you, you do a lot of teaching or did up until, you know, just now. Um, and so how do you incorporate creativity coaching into your classes, especially when there's like a very concrete topic at hand? So, yes, I love teaching. And really, um, Roxanne, I don't love teaching because I'm necessarily teaching like a technique. I love teaching because I want people to feel awesome about the exploration of color and line and value and design. So. When you have people in your classroom, and this is what I really miss, is you have, I have a chance to sit down right next to a student. And if she's been having a really hard time, like either she's maybe going through a divorce or a parent is really sick or she's had an ailment or an illness, it first comes from love. To me, teaching is about sharing and it's about love and it's about really seeing the other person. Um, and encouraging them to just see themselves as beautiful, see themselves as capable, see themselves as strong, right? Because we all hit walls and we all have terrible times in our life that just feel overwhelming. And the human spirit wants to, wants to be picked up and it wants to pick up others. So um, teaching creativity is an intuitive thing I do in class, even if I'm teaching octagon shimmer or polygon play or elephant and I. It's more about the, it's more about connecting. Um, and then of course there's processes that fall underneath that of like, okay, to paper piece, you do A to B to C and you cut it. But in that process of making something, the underlying beauty is, is connectivity. Sometimes I think I'm just blogging. I'm like, Does that <laughs> Does that no, no, sense? no. <laughs> it, it it does it does and I totally followed you um and so in that kind I of might have gotten a little tangent with the bear story I'm not so sure about that <laughs> no I think it was a really great example of how yeah how you maybe don't think of creativity normally but it is it is creative um and but I've noticed and I'm sure you have too that like you know, COVID brain and the added stress of, of the pandemic and politics and everything has oh, really 
you know, it's manifested in so many yeah. people where they feel stymied or they're mm -hmm. just having difficulty. And I know that that's led to at least intermittent um, creative slumps. Yes. So how do yeah. you get over like the occasional bout of creative block? So, okay. So for, for what's going on in the world, it's really hard. Um, you know, we talk about the political climate and um, racial justice, social justice. We talk about the pandemic. And then behind all of that is at large, and I think the biggest picture is the environmental um, situation we're in. And that's causing tremendous stress of, of what humans have done to the earth. It's heavy. It's really heavy. I cry a lot. I do. I've cried a lot in 2020. And there are days when I just feel super, super blue. And I, you just, so how I deal with that is I just acknowledge it. Like, yeah, it, today is a crappy day and I feel awful. And I think allowing yourself to just be really sad or to not be feeling like inspired, that alone helps you to get past it, right? So um, I talk to my mom, I talk to my sisters, I talk to my friends, or I'm just quiet and I snuggle with my dog. I think, you know, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, that as you get older, you learn what nurtures you and what feeds you and then what doesn't. You know, making, speaking, speaking of feeding, I have <laughs> totally gained the COVID-15. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't at this point? <laughs> I mean, these people are getting in better shape than any time in their life. I'm like, how are they doing that? Well, I especially don't know how anybody out your way does it because you can't be outdoors and you can't well, be in right. public. Yeah. See, so, that, I mean, yeah. Fires hit about two weeks ago. It was August 15th. I had a really hard week because it was added like treachery and fear and um, anxiety on top of everything that was already there. I mean, California is literally burning up. We have lost 2 million acres as of today. It has surpassed our 2018 trauma. And, you know, but I still laugh. I have to laugh. And, you know, I, and I, and I love Jimmy Fallon. I love Leslie Jordan. You know, I love The Office. As wrong <laughs> as The Office may be, there, I, you have, my kids love it. And so we've, you know, we, you have to bring things in that will make you laugh. And it's okay to have dark humor. It's okay, you know, I don't know. Whatever's okay for you to not be judging yourself. Don't, don't, don't judge yourself at this time of the... And if you have to shut the news off, shut the news off. Because you first have to nurture yourself. And once you nurture yourself, you then can nurture others. Yeah, no, I... I agree. I understand about the, the shutting the news off too. I did find that that was one of my stress triggers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, you're a mom, right? You have to be strong for your mom. I mean, you've got to be strong for your kids. So, you know, mothers particularly, well, I don't mean to discount dads, of course, but you know, we do need to be like, I spent a lot of time nurturing my children and they're 17, you know, 19 and, and 22, but I still, you gotta, you gotta show up for them. A lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. a lot. <laughs> and tell them it's going to be okay. You got to tell them it's going to be okay. Yeah. Exactly. Switching gears just a little bit because okay. I know that you've got 
like even more irons in the fire than you did before, which is kind of crazy, right? Because prior to social distancing, I know you were, you know, really excited about the retreats you'd begun hosting. Uh Um, You know, you'd really enjoyed the ones you'd had so far. So like, do you, do you miss them? Do you plan to start them up again at some point? Well, yeah, because my book came out um, October 2019. And so then my Ombre Quilts book and then my Big Sky was like 30 pieces of the most exciting collection I've done. I'm always excited about every collection, but Sky Ombre with the digital printing, it was like a total breakout for me, like huge. And now, you know, I went to Australia to start the whole, you know, push and the fun and the exploration. So I was in Australia in November 2019. And then, you know, after, after Craft Napa, just everything shut down. Yeah, it's been quite a year. So what was your question? I <laughs> well, well, I just wondered about your retreats in, in per- well, your retreats in particular, like I know right. like you, you just told me how much you enjoyed those. So I was wondering if you were planning to start yeah. those again or, or not. I will, as soon, I will as soon as it's considered, you know, California, we're pretty strict and everyone wears a mask and um, we're very strict and we take it very seriously and we trust the science. We trust the facts. So I will start, I've got my new art barn and I had finished that up during COVID because, you know, I had a lot of time, you know, that'll be small groupings, but what's exciting about the online learning, which the word of the year is pivot. I'm almost completely sick of the word pivot, but it's overused so much, but that's what we've had to do. So yeah. So everything's just shifted where I'm putting, I'm working really hard. I mean, it's good. Like I'm telling you it's good right now, but probably tonight I'll be like, oh so i'm just being super honest with you it's like i'm I'm on a roller coaster me and i think a billion other people we're all on the thing is we're all on this roller coaster together right so that helps alleviate some of the pain is that we're all in this more than ever we're all in the same boat so online learning yes we're working on a lot of online classes with cnt and it's exciting it's it's you know the team it's amazing what humans can do. It really is. You know, they put their mind to it and they work hard. It's amazing. Well, and yeah, so I know that you've been, you know, working on your classes. They're, they're set to go live, like what, any day now, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so which, what, what are the classes that you've got going? Okay. So I've, right now, it's, it's a ton of work. It's so much work because you really want to make it excellent for the viewer and for the class for the classroom atmosphere. I've just worked on Table Runner and it's called the Ombre Reversible Table Runner on Creative Spark. So I don't know how much I can actually talk about that right now. Um, you probably know too, but yeah, it's Creative Spark. I've got one class. It's the very first class for the Ombre Quilts book. So I'll be doing three, probably three, maybe four classes that embrace ombres because I just think they're so exciting because you have you know, you literally have a thousand colors at your fingertips if you use all 30 of my ombres. So you're mm-hmm. learning more to be like a painter, right? With your fabric and your piecing and the joy that comes with um, being able to communicate my love of color directly with a maker. And this is perfect for people who are really pushing their creative envelope. Like for people who are like, you know, I really got to look into this. I'm creative and I'm going to try this. 
it brings so much joy because there's so much color in all the color. It's like foolproof. It's foolproof, which is what I love about the sky ombres. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and you know, um, so I know, you know, I've been, you know, kind of working to help create consumer products and content and creativity content in particular for mm -hmm. a very long time. And because of that, I know what goes into producing any finished project and or product. And I know that video classes are definitely no exception. So like, mm -hmm. how much more difficult is it to teach on video versus in person? So you have, you have to be more organized because, you know, when you're in the classroom, it's a little more organic and I'm definitely an organic teacher. So my outline and my notes, you know, making sure everything I'm teaching is spot on. So I would say it's like, if, if, if I go to teach, you know, um, and I put in, you know, X amount of effort, I got to do like triple X for triple X amount of effort for um, online. So it caught, it, it makes me hone in, which is a good thing. It will, it will make me a better teacher ultimately. Um, because these classes, you know, they're going to be reviewed and reviewed and reviewed. And I want people like the bottom line for me is about what was, what was your experience? Always thinking, always thinking about the end user and wanting to, her to feel, feel good about her work and what she's, what she's getting from, from me online. Yeah. Well, and what surprised you? Well, I know you're still working on it. And by the time this podcast goes live, the classes will all be up and everything. So really like so far, what surprised you most about, you know, working online instead of in person? So I think the hardest thing online and is you're talking to nobody. <laughs> you, like you have to have a good imagination because you have a camera looking right at you. And I've, and I've already felt this because of doing YouTube or, you know, sometimes I do IGTV, but again, I haven't fully, like there are people who are so comfortable. I haven't fully um, become comfortable with it and I will get there. But I think the hardest thing is when you're in a classroom, you know, you're, you're chit-chatting and you're laughing and you're, and there, it's, there's, a, there, there's that give and take, right? And that's mm -hmm. not there. So that's not there unless I taught, unless I took the approach of teaching to like three people and we filmed it. Then you can have both the online, you know, experience of people taking the class and then the people in the class that are actually taking it. So that's another model, I suppose. We're not doing that on Creative Spark. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty professional and, and focused. Yes. Well, and yeah. You, you know how we are. We always say, not yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know what we're going to do next. Well, and so I'm going to ask you kind of what has become my signature question. And it was, it was really organic, but you know that I, you know, I meet so many different people and we all go have, you know, coffee and we go have cocktails and hang out. So it all, it inevitably comes up. So I wanted to ask you, um, and I'm going to break this into a two-part question because now is so different. Okay. Um, so like, what is the craziest kind of teaching or teaching relating related situation you've ever encountered? <laughs> okay. I'm laughing because I've got a few, but I'm going to pick one. Um, cause it was the very first time I was doing a, uh, a weekend retreat and I had like 
hired, um, you know, top-notch chefs to create food for us. I had hired an assistant to help me deal with um, the different um, students so that everyone was like totally taken care of and coddled. And, um, I, you know, it was a lot of work. The very first anything you do is a lot of work. I think it was like the, no, it was the beginning of the second morning. And one of these dear women in the workshop, all of a sudden I hear this, oops. And I was like, oh, what happened? She's like, oh, nothing, nothing. And then, um, you know, I'm teaching someone else. And my assistant, Michelle uh, Wyman, who was amazing, she had gone over to see what happened to this woman. She comes back and she whispers into my ear. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to use any names, so we'll just call her, we'll just call her Jill, for instance. She, um, I think Jill just about cut her finger off. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, what? She's like, yeah, she's bleeding everywhere. I was like, oh my God. So I calmly say, you know, finish up with a student who I was working with. I walk over to Jill and I'm like, I see her. She's wrapped a piece of fabric around her finger and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> and Jill kept insisting that nothing was wrong. She's fine. She was like, she's a hardcore gal. And, um, then all the other students in class are starting to get a little nervous and anxious. Finally, by the afternoon, Michelle had convinced her that she would allow her to take her to urgent care. <laughs> so this, so that was like, that was kind of my worst story. Um, and um, if I hadn't had Michelle, who was assisting me, I think it could have really thrown a wrench into the day of teaching, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And so she did. She had, she, I think she got like 25 stitches in her finger. And oh my um, gosh. We definitely went over um, rules of rotary cuttery, cutting again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that is something you really need to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. No. And I'm sure a lot of, I know, I know a lot of other teachers have similar stories. And, and, and I understand that poor student. She's like, oh, it's fine. It's just my finger. It's, Oh, it totally is. It totally is. It's always just a finger, man. Well, and so that, you know, that is like, yeah, I do hear some of those stories. Accidentally cutting something, by the way, is the number one answer, just so you know. So now that you're teaching online, have you had any anything really, really wackadoodle that you've had to wrangle in trying to create your online classes? So not yet. I, you know what? That's not, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming, but not yet. I'll tell you next time. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Keep me posted for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And for anybody listening um, in the podcast notes, you can find a link to Jennifer's class. So I, I wanted to move back to the ombres a little bit because I, you know, since I've known you, you've kind of moved from prints to ombres you know, you've been designing fabric for a number of years. Um, so just as background, how many collections are you up to now? Oh my goodness, Roxanne. So I know <laughs> I'm, I know I'm over 5,000 prints. So I started Jeez. in 19, yeah, I, this is my 31st year. Um, I mean, I granted, I did take seven years off, but this is, you know, been in the business, you know, if you discount those seven years, a total of 31 years. I started when I was 21, I think I'm terrible with math, but yeah, so over 5,000 prints. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm. Well, and I know too that your last, your last several collections, right, have, have been ombres. Um, so like, yeah, so what inspired you to move from 
you know, prints, by, by which I mean, you know, a repeated, you know, motif yes. Yes. to the ombres, which are not a repeated motif, really. Right. Well, so the inspiration, it was, again, that, that little whisper in my ear of, of, wow, we have what available to us? You know, it's like I go for my annual meeting to Robert Kaufman, and um, they have a fantastic art department in LA. I love them. I've been with them. I've been with Robert Kaufman, I think, 20 years now, something like that. And anyway, Ken was like, Jennifer, they had showed me, they had showed me these, like, these like panels of wolves, like howling at the moon with it's super tacky, like super, super tacky. <laughs> but they had like a bazillion colors in them. I'm like, oh, Ken, are you doing digital printing? Like it, it, he didn't really come and say, oh, Jennifer, da, 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 da. It was more of like me, like being nosy and poking around their studio. And I'm like, how'd you print this? And it's, it's finally available to us. It's beautiful color. It's affordable. And so I went home that night after the meeting and we had talked about prints. We talked about the future collections coming. Um, you know, what we usually do, we're forecasting. And I couldn't stop thinking about the digital printing being brand new to us. And I called my, my dearest friend from college who is a pastel artist. She's like world-renowned pastel artist. And I said, Amanda, I, I, can, I can finally print sky. I can finally print the sky the way I want to. I said, can I come up there? Will you teach me how to capture the clouds with pastels? You know, I took my stab at it, but, you know, she is, she is an absolute expert. So we, she taught me. And uh, that's how Sky Ombres came to be. And it's only been the Sky Ombre collection. It's 30 pieces, but I just keep using it. And we're coming out with 15 new colors early next year. And it is a repeat, but, it's, but it's, goes, well, it's, it only repeats top to bottom every 24 inches, but it can be longer because it's all digitalized. So it really doesn't ever have to be repeating. I get, well, no, I guess it does have to be repeating at some point to make it manufacturable. But it goes from left to right, meaning selvage to selvage with no repeat. It ombres full, full range. So it's, it starts dark on one side of the selvage and lightens to the other side of the selvage. Um, and I still do prints. I have Spring Shimmer out that will be shipping in November. And that's prints. And that's the shimmer, you know, the pearlescent line that I've, it's my sixth shimmer line. Mm -hmm. um, so I do love, I do love prints, but I am crazy about what the ombres can do for me and what they can do for others. So that is my, I'm going to keep going in that direction as well. And to keep exploring that. It, is it hard to jump between like, and no, I, I'm calling no. it a print versus the ombre. No, no, okay. no, 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 not at all. I think that's why I love, like, I love being a fabric designer. I love it. I love it because they, I feel like there's no boundaries. There's no boundaries. And there's always something I've got, a, you know, I only, I have a million ideas. I just don't have much time in the day. So no, it's super easy. And, and it's what inspires me is to keep changing, right? I, I get really bored doing the same thing. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> that's, that's why I do what I do. Right, well, right. and so that's the other thing that I wanted to kind of ask you about a little bit, because I know when I've been in your booth, you know, at different shows, you have so many things that you've done with the ombres. And so, and you described what an ombre is in case anybody didn't know. And I know that you've talked a lot about what 
why they're unique in what you can do with them. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what makes them so unique and so versatile? Yes, yes. So I did just finish a taping with Alex Anderson with The Quilt Show, where she features a whole show on on me talking about the ombres and, and cutting them up and making a project with them. What makes them so unique is that they're extremely forgiving. So when you cut out, like, say, say you're making a quilt with solids. Let's just take it to the very, the opposite end of an ombre is like working with a solid fabric. You have to have the intuition, the knowledge, the training to pick out, say, 30 solids that really give you all of the choices you need in color, value, and diversity. So, like, a lot of people might not put a vibrant cobalt with a dirty blue-gray, right? Because they, they can't visualize jumping from the cobalt, the bright, you know, sky cobalt, to the mm-hmm. dirty gray that has a blue tinge to it. Because they need to know what comes in between those two to have them talk to each other where they're making poetry, right? Mm-hmm. So... The poetry is happening within a yard of fabric of an ombre that, like, of my sky ombres. It's not like I pick that cobalt color and I just add white. No, 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 no. I'm adding white. I'm adding black. I'm adding orange. I'm adding so so that there's all the nuances that happen within the one yard of fabric that you you as the maker who buys it doesn't have to think about. But when you start cutting it up and piecing the different ombres back together, you see how beautiful they are just by simply seaming them, cutting them up and seaming them back together and pressing them. So you're learning without even really having to try, right? But we all love to sew a seam and we, you know, and when you press that seam, then you start going, oh, look at the beauty that's happening right here. So that's why I think they're so cool because they are forgiving and they're so expensive expansive as well yeah can you tell i'm yeah. crazy i'm crazy about them i'm, I'm i think it's uh, i i i think there's a whole new plateau that people can come to and explore and and be so excited about with these ombres yes no definitely um yeah i just i always get inspired when i come into your booth so i wanted to kind of talk about that like a little bit because it is you never know what you're going to find next which is great well, and you mentioned that you had just filmed um, with Alex Anderson, which is the quilt show. So, and we'll put a link to that episode, you know, at the, in the comments on the podcast. So I was just wondering, how is filming different in the middle of a pandemic? Because I know, I think you filmed before. Yes, yes, yes. It's, again, it's an added stress. So when I went down there, it was all masks. That, you know, is very clear. I'm like, you know what? It's all masks all the way. And um, we were social distancing. They it's clean practices that are now becoming somewhat second nature. But this morning, I just walked into the convenience store here up in Truckee, and like three people in the store didn't have masks on. So it's funny. It's like it's what you get used to. And so anyway, so yeah, I walk in. I'm like, what? They don't have a mask on. But I kept my ten feet distance without judging them or without saying anything. I just kept distance. When you're in a professional situation like filming, you know they're all on board. And when everyone's on board, if there's no problem, right? It's when you have people like the guy at the convenience store this morning, he got so mad at the woman because we also have um, no power and 
the he was he was just standing with the fridge open looking at what ice cream he was going to buy and the lady's like dude get a mask and shut the fridge <laughs> and then he got angry he got angry because he walked into the whole situation with no awareness right so i think we have to be really really aware and that is that's something that you can't really force on people if they're unaware they're unaware or maybe they can learn it there is one final thing I'm really excited about sharing, which I don't think anyone knows about. And um, this, this came about at Quilt Market in the fall. I was in my booth talking about, you know, my new sky and my ombre quilts book. A woman named Patty Murphy came up to me and had been following me on Instagram and saw that I posted about the environment, like, you know, a couple times a month. And we started talking about the fabric industry and the maker industry and how we really need to have a platform of um, a meeting place for to talk about sustainability and to talk about um, good practices and to talk about where you can you know buy cellophane wrapper that's biodegradable or where you can buy thread that on spools that are are sustainably made from wood or you know all of these these issues that are coming up because the textile industry is a, it's a dirty industry like making fabric is not super clean um, but it is getting cleaner with the more people request uh, you know do you do organic fabric or what kind of dyes do you use or, or do you, are you offsetting your carbon footprint and so she and Christy McDonough um, Heather Grant Bradley Mitchell of um, Orophil we have come together and, and we're um, beginning a nonprofit called Create and Sustain. So we'll be a platform of information about sustainable products, about sustainable projects. And I'm super, super excited. Um, it's not easy to get uh, a, an, a um, nonprofit off the ground and it's all new for a lot of us. But I think we... We need to have this. It has to happen. Um, so I'm really excited. And that's the way I want to move. The direction I want to move is into organic fabrics and just being a better steward of, of how I even create my own stuff. Um, you know, it's important. It's really, really, it's, 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 I can't stress enough how, how uh, going forward we need to be taking care of this earth and, and being more mindful of what we produce and consume. So, oh. yeah, well, yeah. you can't see me. I'm shaking my head because I totally agree <laughs> with you. Um, where can people find, find your organization and so, when can they find it? Yes. So create and sustain. We're hoping to launch it this fall, but again, it's a lot of work. And, but we are going to be looking for supporters on every level. Createandsustain.org will be the website once we launch it, but I don't believe it's visible right now. Because we want to do it well, right? We want to launch it and have a lot of information ready to talk about our, you know, er everything that's important with our platform and our, um, all of our statements that we, we'd like to make. So, yeah, so createandsustain.org and check it out probably early next year. So, yeah, and I would love for people to join. And, you know, it can be at a very minimal level of 25 bucks a year or whatever. And of course, trying to get bigger businesses to support the, this idea as well. So we're working towards that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, hopefully this will help. 
Um, so I think, yeah, I probably should let you uh, reserve whatever battery there is left on your phone. Um, cause yeah, I know. And my husband knocked no power. the window practically. He's like, not <laughs> done yet. Him and the dog in the windstorm. <laughs> well, then we, then we really ought to wrap up cause I don't want to get in trouble later. Thank you so much for taking time, especially today and sharing a little bit about, you know, creating really in the midst of chaos and you know take care and we will talk to you again soon i'm sure thank you roxanne and thank you you know it's it's so important for us to connect and to and you've always been so vibrant and upbeat and and you bring a lot of energy so i appreciate uh your time and and your thoughtful questions so thank you so much not at all all right so get back to um breathing indoors and i will <laughs> talk to you again soon all right. Thanks, Roxanne. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.